now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, Dan Smilo, Captain Dennis, and Captain Tom helping us out as well today on Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle. And learning to fly. Okay, so since last week, uh, we have not been blown away because we are here, as you can uh, plainly hear. Uh, but uh, we we called it. <laughs> you know, last week we re- recorded the show a little bit early uh, because of Hurricane Ian. And sure enough, it uh, pull a, put a wallop on us here in Florida where we're based out of. I'm in Orlando. Dennis in Fort Myers. And uh, Tom out on the west or east coast of Florida. Uh, where exactly, uh, Tom? Where Merritt you? Island. Merritt Cocoa Island. Beach area. Okay, okay. So he got a little bit of it as well. We uh, but Dennis took the brunt of it. And, uh, and unfortunately, he still has no power. Well, he has generator power. So we're able to uh, connect with him today. Dennis, how are you holding up there, buddy? I'm holding up very well. And actually, a show note update, uh, we got power back. Oh, you did? Oh, yes. Well, there you go. Okay. So that's uh, that is a good news. That's a that's improvement. That is uh, way a uh, big improvement for sure. I didn't know this. Okay. So we all got power back. Now we lost it in Orlando for about three days. Uh, luckily, I had a generator, and uh, I'll tell you what—that was the best four hundred dollar cup of coffee I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, because yeah, I was able to power the coffee maker, TV, a fan, uh, the refrigerator, and some microwave. Uh, activities when uh, I wanted some warm food. So I, I actually got through the three days without power okay. No real damage or nothing like that. Some fence stuff, you know, limbs and things here in Orlando, but nothing too bad. And uh, what about you, Tom? Did you lose power or no, not at all? Actually lost power uh, during the height of the storm about 3 a.m. to about 3.20 a.m. Just okay. about 20 minutes because light kicked on in the bedroom when you take power away and you bring the power back on. So it was like daybreak, like who turned the lights on? Then the, but the power came back on and uh, we did well. Uh, okay. We did All right. Yeah. So no big uh, damage for you there in Merritt Island. And then, uh, but Dennis uh, lost power for the longest of all of us. And uh, I was six days, six days with that. I'll tell you what people, you know, you think that's not a big deal. Like, okay, uh, I can do without power and go camping. Right? No, 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 no. It, it, uh, in Florida, that works for about three days. And uh, the weather was pretty good the first two days after the hurricane. But after day three, I was prepared to get out the uh, portable air conditioner that I had because it was starting to warm up. And trust me, after three days in Florida after a hurricane and you lose power, people's uh, nerves start to uh, you know, start, start to unravel. They're, they're very yeah. exposed and very sensitive. <laughs> yeah. It's like hangry, getting hangry. You know, uh-huh. without power, you you just get aggravated, annoyed. You're getting a little sweaty, and uh, thank God, goodness, we got the power back on day three. Even with a generator, it was going to start getting a bit old. But six days, that blows literally, well, pun intended. And, and there, remember Dad. that you know a lot of the houses nowadays, uh, you know, here in Fort Myers, at least in my part of town, we don't have city water. 
I have a well. Mm. So without electricity, I don't have running water. Uh, you got that a means, pump to run, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have a pump and a, a pressure tank and you know a few other things along the way. So, you know, you really are hobbled. You forget that when you turn the faucet on, there's nothing there. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we luckily, we still have our, our motor home that we use to go to Sun and Fun and Air Venture and things like that. So we kind of had a an arc. You know, we could at least go wash some dishes and take a shower if we had to just using what was on the RV. But still, right. what a pain. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it took us a couple of days and, and some creative engineering, but I was able to get the generator hooked up better than just extension cords to where I could power the entire house minus the air conditioning and the other high load things. But mm-hmm. uh, we did at least get water back after about three days and you could flip a light switch on finally and see where you're going instead of walking by flashlight and candlelight. So right. it got better, but it's still once the, when FPL finally made the connection and lights went on, the first word was get the air conditioning on. Yes. Well, that that's exactly uh, the case. Like I said, after about three days in Florida, uh, you know, first couple of days after a storm, you know, it might still be breezy. It, it might have cooled off because of the uh, storm swinging through. Because we, uh, this is probably the third or fourth one that we've dealt with. This was probably mm, second to worst. Charlie was worse for us in Orlando, uh, definitely as far as the wind and stuff. Now there was much more flooding in Orlando that we saw around us, and luckily that did not hit us here at uh, Just Plain Radio headquarters. But uh, as far as the storm itself, it wasn't too bad. It was just the fact that you lose power. And like you said, yeah, if you have a generator, you can get by and you kind of make some adjustments and it's kind of like glamping. But after two, three days, it gets old quick and uh, you want warm water because, yeah, we couldn't power the water heater. So we didn't have, you know, warm showers or anything like that. We didn't have the you know situation you did in Fort Myers with uh, the pump or anything because we had water and that was an issue. But I didn't have Internet and because uh, the two Internet providers we have. Uh, here at the uh, studio, home studio, wouldn't work without power. I mean, I could, I had power. I had a generator. I had batteries and and backups and things because we have, you know, the studio and everything. But but the internet providers were not operating because they didn't have power to, I guess, run their routers or whatever you know hubs they had for huge swaths of Orlando. So that kind of stunk. But, uh, well, that's one area that I then was better than you. Yes, you uh, did. Because I had internet through the entire storm. In fact, uh, I may or may not have watched uh, a couple of uh, streaming videos to pass the time while the storm was going over. I'll tell you what, having TV makes a huge difference. Now, I, we had direct TV and it worked. But, you know, everybody with cable and internet and stuff, they couldn't watch anything. We did have direct TV. And just like you having satellite with Starlink there, Elon Musk's thing, you were able to maintain some internet and online presence and uh, stream some stuff to pass the time, right? Well, that and the fact that my day job is uh, work from home. And so I need to be able to support customers across the country. So mm-hmm. I really was never out of contact with the customers. I had neighbors that couldn't even get cell service, but my phone worked just fine because it would switch to Wi-Fi in the house and routed stuff over Starlink and I never lost connection. I was having Zoom meetings with customers, you know, right after the storm passed. And as soon as I get done, it was out clearing more brush. You know, so you didn't even call. get a snow day out of Hurricane no. Ian. That kind of, that's not really a, a win, if you ask me, Dennis. Yeah, I, they I mean, didn't. I was, my boss told me, you know, take whatever time you need. But, you know, I, I guess 
to my own fault, uh, my, my obligation was, you know, to make sure I get my work done, but I did mm-hmm. take, you know, an afternoon off to go and clear brush and, you know, get a lot of stuff done. But, right. you know, it, it, the fact that we can do this it, is really telling, you know, you've got a portable generator, we've got satellite internet. This is a good thing. We, we've come a long way. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, I didn't have a, a generator 12 years ago when uh or no 18 years ago when hurricane charlie came through central florida and that was a that was that one really blew and uh knocked power out for us for about a week and i was like never again (laughs) never again i'm hurricane's coming i'm out of town or i'm getting a generator and i finally broke down and got a generator about four years ago and of course didn't ever use it because that's what happens when you make the investment in something like that you're never going to need it and uh but finally uh i did and it, it paid off it was uh nice to have so it made things a lot more manageable for sure but uh but yeah the technology amazing starlink elon musk hats off to him man because uh, especially where you are that's a huge factor right now right in fort myers it, it is internet is very spotty cell service is down i mean the carriers have had to bring in their their portable uh, antennas on trailers to be able to bring some amount of cell coverage because so much infrastructure was wiped out, especially down towards the coast. Right. So I, I was suddenly the neighbor's best friend around here because I had internet and they were all asking me how I was connected. And well, here's the guest password. Go yeah. ahead and connect up. And I was like, they were uh, getting text messages from their work and stuff that was not going through. So I know Elon really Musk. Happy. I know people. I'm kind of a big deal. That's what Dennis was saying. Now, what happened to the airplanes? We'll find out next on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Gators approach the great and powerful Ross. Uh, Dennis, uh, Hangar 18 down the street. Smilings! The great and powerful Ross knows why you have come. Okay, uh, some spark plug wires and washers for my Mooney 201. Silence! The magnificent Ross has every intention of granting your request. Great! But first, you must prove yourself worthy by bringing me a stick from a Cirrus Vision Jet. You know, I'm not a fan of the whole flying monkey thing. I think I'm going to call aircraft spruce and specialty. Oh, okay, you got me. Uh, just a man behind the curtain with a aircraft spruce catalog. Pretty cool, though, huh? You don't need a wizard to find parts for your plane. You need Aircraft Spruce and Specialty. Supplying the aviation industry for over 50 years. Aircraft Spruce and Specialty. Call 877-4-SPRUCE. 877-4-SPRUCE or go to aircraftspruce.com. That's aircraftspruce.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlaneRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. 
Airplane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Colonel, with all due respect, that new jet is a death trap. It's the 1950s. Everything's a death trap. Now I have three martinis, a pack of smokes, and get in that plane. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis and Captain Tom helping us out uh, today as well, post-Hurricane Ian. And by the way, thanks for all the uh, emails and uh, you know mentions on social media asking about the Just Plane Radio crew. We did get quite a few, and we weren't able to respond to them because, well, neither Dennis or I had any power uh, first off. And uh, so we're a little backlogged on that, but we saw it and it did get through and we do appreciate the kind words and checking in uh, on the crew, but everything's good. We're pretty much back to normal, uh, as normal as this crew can be. Right, Dennis? Yeah, I think that's an apt description of us. (laughs) Right. So, uh, you know, we talked about how we managed personally in our homes and and uh you know Dennis's uh, air park and all that kind of stuff. You you just you did lose a few shingles above your hangar. Is that it pretty much? Yeah, that and a couple of screens uh on the over the pool cage were damaged, but you know, uh pretty insignificant when compared to some of the destruction that we saw in other areas of Fort Myers here where entire neighborhoods are just gone. Right. Um, so it's, it's I mean, pretty I'm, I'm uh, depressing. <laughs> yeah, to see. Now he's about 10 miles in Inland uh, at Fort Myers there, and uh, yeah, he managed uh, pretty well. But the big question is, what about his airplane? Uh, because, you know, of course, when I the first time I spoke to him, I said, okay, you okay? How's your plane? <laughs> you know, and... Undamaged. Undamaged, good. Even though it lost some uh, shingles above the hangar, it didn't, uh, nothing penetrated the... Uh, the structure to to get to your aircraft then yep and, and unfortunately my uh garage door hangar doors um held up pretty well i was hoping that you know maybe the wind would take them out and have to get some sort of a new hangar door but ah. no everything was good i okay. braced it up a- appropriately and it seems to have survived okay um, well that was probably it had been more hassle than it would have been yeah if, yeah if definitely I, file a claim yes <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm happy with how that worked out. I mean, in the neighborhood here was roughly the same thing. We had a few people that had some, you know, external building stuff, but nobody lost their homes. Few few roofs were missing shingles here and there. Yeah. But yeah, we we largely came out unscathed. I mean, yeah. obviously lots of trees down, but that's, all the homes have have their own hangar. So were any uh, airplanes exposed to the elements, or did everybody pretty much have them tucked away and they all survived fine in your air park? Yeah. In our air park, everybody was tucked away and they survived fine. But I'm sure if you saw on the news, uh, some of the airports around the area didn't fare nearly as well. Punta Gorda got hit real hard. They mm-hmm. lost uh, a number of hangars. I think Venice took some uh, some damage up there. And crazily enough, Miami at uh, one of the airports there got hit by a tornado right. before the hurricane even made land. And that mm-hmm. turned Hollywood North Perry into a bit of a war zone. Yeah. Uh, so that's really unfortunate. Yeah, these uh, hurricanes spawn tornadoes, and yeah, South Florida got a couple of them that uh, created havoc 
in uh, some isolated areas. So, you know, we feel for them. And, and, you know, it's interesting. You see all the damage along the coast, uh, southwest coast of Florida. You see all the boats especially piled up like, you know, just just decimated. Yeah. But you don't see much when, when it comes to the airplanes. And uh, that's and maybe that's good. Maybe they're not there, or maybe well, they just didn't crumpled film them. up a beer can. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really uh, film as well as a boat. Yeah, you think? I, I think so. Yeah, so I'm sure there will be some aircraft uh, claims uh, for insurance purposes and things like that. But uh, Dennis's Mooney 201 is uh, doing fine, and that's good to hear. What about flying? Is anybody in the air park? Are they back up uh, up in the air? Or are you guys open? Is the airspace open where you are or no? The airspace is open. There's been one or two people that have gone out uh, to fly. But the biggest challenge is getting a, you know is just getting around our taxiways. All of the trees and everything that's down is yeah. now piled out on the edge of the road, waiting for the county to come through and pick up all of the all of the debris. Right. So the taxiways are are narrow and, and have berms around them. Up until the power got restored, we had no way to open the gate to get from the air park to the runway. Mm. Only one gate uh, was actually powered, and that was off of mosquito control. So unless you had a connection with them, there was no way to you know even use that gate. So interesting. It's, uh, we're yeah. all starting to suffer from some ground sickness too, which is adding to uh, our our mental attitude. I'm sure. Well, I'm I'm sure that's the case. But now you got power back to the air park, and uh, people can start flying. There's no restrictions at all uh, as far as flying around where you are now. Uh, there are still a few TFRs in the area. Um, up over Arcadia was really hard hit in that area. They took flooding in addition to the higher winds. Uh, we're on the northwest side of the hurricane. So Arcadia's Taco Tuesday did not happen, and it was unfortunate because this week was National Taco Day. Mm, so mm. we were kind of kind of locked out of that one. That was something I was looking forward to. Yeah, uh, I actually saw know. some video from Arcadia. They did get whacked pretty good. Some of the roads just collapsed. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but there's some like cars and stuff along the side of the road that like it was. It almost looks like a sinkhole kind of thing under the roads. That there was so much water that came through it undermined some of the road road structure and just collapsed. Like cars were driving or trucks were driving along the road and they just fell into a big hole. That did not look good. So Arcadia and uh, you know that area in particular got really really hit hard. And uh, hopefully, you know Taco Tuesday will be back sooner as opposed to later. I guess it's just a matter of can they get the taco truck over there to the airport? Uh, you know I don't know <laughs> yeah. how far the how far of a run the the vendors there have to the airport that do that every Tuesday. But I, I'm sure if they can get there, they'll be out there as soon as possible, maybe even as early as this week. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to make a call to Shelly and also to the taco truck. I've got the, both of their numbers on speed dial, so yeah. we'll uh, reach out and find out accordingly. Right. Yeah, if they can do it, they'll do it. And that's, you know, uh, other than cleaning up areas and things like this, the best thing you can do is if you hear a business is open in these areas that has uh, been hit by these the, the storm, the best thing you can do is patronize them as quick as possible so they can make some money and get back up on their feet uh, sooner as opposed to later, you know? But so you, you got to kind of reach out in that regard and find out. But if they're, if they say they're open for business, go give them the business. Because they need to rebound like everybody would in this kind of uh, you know tough situation we had. To and go besides, through. those tacos are delicious. Exactly, you, it's a win-win. You, you gotta eat. <laughs> so so true. Yeah. So uh, you know, overall, Hurricane Ian uh, 
did really uh, did a number on Florida, but uh, I, you know, like I said, it depends on how you look at it and where you were in the state. But uh, I would all, always like to think uh, that the cup is half full as opposed to half empty, and we did pretty well overall, with the exception of the uh, you know the counties and areas that really were whacked hard. I mean, everybody else are counting their blessings. There was, however, some boneheads out there, as there always is during a storm like this. And I'm not talking about the weathermen that were out there in the storms trying to get the perfect uh, hurricane shot. I'm talking about uh, drone operators. We'll talk about that next on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I'm getting pretty good just trying to figure out these landings. Increase altitude. Increase, Increase altitude. altitude. It always says it. No, I'm Increase trying to altitude. land. Terrain alert. I know terrain there's alert. terrain. I'm trying to terrain land alert. on the terrain. Terrain alert. Pull up. I will Pull not. Up. I am my own person. Pull up. Terrain alert. Pull up. Terrain alert. Damn it. Landing unsuccessful. Yeah, I saw you, freaking dog. This is Just Plane Radio, Gregor Copilot. That is me, along with Captain Dennis and Captain Tom with us as well, helping us uh, navigate the latest aviation news and information and aftermath of Hurricane Ian. We survived it. You know, not everybody uh, followed the rules and uh, used common sense, unfortunately. You get this all the time after storms. There's always a few yeehaws out there that do things uh, that you just kind of scratch your head like, well, what were you thinking? Well, obviously they weren't. And the fact that the emergency services and and the authorities had to put out official warnings to drone operators not to fly their drones uh, over the hurricane damage is is kind of uh, you just you know I don't know you just think well it seems like common sense. 
but they were having problems, Gib, because uh, emergency services couldn't get into areas sometimes because evidently somebody was flying a drone trying to get that that great uh, you know drone shot of all the all the damage along. Yeah, the I got to get those pictures for Instagram and the yeah. YouTube video to get those likes. It's yeah. like, come on, it, think about somebody other crazy. than yourself for once, right? Yeah, and they actually had to tell them, like, look, you guys, you, you're keeping the emergency first responders from uh, responding because they can't get into the airspace with the helicopters if there's a drone flying around. You know, I but, mean, I, I get why, like you said, they want to increase their clicks on social media. That was probably most of the cases in that regard. But uh, But the fact that they actually had to make an official announcement to the operators, don't do this, you big idiot. It's just kind of, I mean, I don't know. You know, it doesn't surprise me given that I flew in or drove into the airport to pick up my son one one afternoon from a flight. And I noticed as I was about to turn into the uh, the parking area at the airport, there was a car in the median of the road and they had a drone hovering over their hood. We're talking a half a mile from the control tower in a class Charlie airport, which means that's to the ground. What were you doing? Uh, I I, I just cannot believe the cluelessness or just callous disregard. I don't know which way it was, but what is so critical that you got to fly your drone a half mile from an active commercial airport with, you know, an operating control tower uh, to get get footage of a plane landing Mm -hmm. uh, from your drone? Nobody cares. My guess is (laughs) uh, this is not going to reflect well on the uh, drone operating community and there could be some more regulations coming down the pike uh I just, well, just a prediction i'm just saying you know I, I i'm not taking sides i mean i i think the drone operators ought to be able to do what they need to do you know but they've been trying to figure out a way to make this you know work and be proactive with their you know uh rules and guidelines and things like that but but obviously it's not working enough to the point that they have to make announcements to remind everybody, don't run your drone after a hurricane to get the shot because you're screwing up, you know, people trying to save people's lives. It's nuts. So I, I don't know. I have a feeling that there, this, there's going to be a backlash uh, to this. What do you think, Dennis? You with me on that? Uh, absolutely. There's going to be a backlash. I mean, the drone regulation has already been uh, holding back a lot of the changes that we've been asking for or have been promised in general aviation. You know, there was supposed to be this whole new mosaic ruling from the FAA that was going to allow for things like uh, bet, big, better sport pilot pr- uh, privileges, you know, the ability to fly bigger airplanes and faster speeds and things like that. Um, all of that had is now on hold because they part of that was dovetailed into the drone regulations, being able to integrate drones into the national airspace system. Yeah. They realized that so much had to be done to accommodate those that it was just too big. And so now they're, they're splitting it up and that's put that program now a year or two behind schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and this is not going to help that situation yeah. because now they're going to be looking even closer at what we can do to better regulate and enforce what's going on with these drones. That's never fun. Uh, never a fun process. What happened to the good old days when all we had to do uh, after a storm is complain about the weather guys, you know, acted like the storm was way stronger than it was. And yeah, there's, there's a great clip from this storm, by the way. I don't know if you saw it where the guy was trying to stand up, you know, typical weatherman shot. And then somebody walks behind it and gets in his car. <laughs> and it's like, he's like, you know, acting like he can barely stand up and it is, Friggin' hilarious.
You know, it happens every storm. You know, they play up the, you know, the 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 wind strength sometimes. Even though, I mean, this one was bad. Don't get me wrong; most of them were legit, but this one obviously was pretty uh pretty hilarious. How uh, the guy just. It was like he's doing the shot. He acts like, I can hardly stand up, but man, the wind, everybody better stay inside. And of course, guy just walks behind him, gets in his beep, car and drives As off. he clicks on his yeah. remote. And, and the guy has no idea what's happening behind him. It was friggin' hilarious. I mean, we need to go back to that type of stuff. And, yeah. and But the uh, wind no. is no joke. Uh, oh, no. I stepped outside because I was hearing all of this noise. You know, what's going on in the roof? I, I went, stepped outside the front door and almost took a shingle to my head. So, yeah. no, you know, don't, you don't but, want to do that. No. Yeah. That, that's, that's considered bad. Mm-hmm. Th- those are heavy. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll get you. I mean, uh, you know, not to make light of of the warning that they were putting forth. It just sometimes they they get a little carried away with the production elements, trying to make things look a little more menacing, uh, whether or not it really is happening at that particular moment when they're live doing their live shot. Well, in the words of Ron White, it's not how the wind blows. It's what the wind blows. True. Good point. Good point indeed. And I will say one of the best uh, things I did see uh, during the storm coverage was there was a reporter who went up in one of the hurricane planes with, uh, you know, hurricane hunters or whatever, you know, the guys that fly the plane. And, and the pilot said this was the worst flight he'd ever done. But this girl, young young lady. You know, got had press credentials and got invited to fly with them on this flight. And I guess she had some flying experience, like her family or aviators or, or, you know, part of the Air Force or something. And so she volunteered to get up there. And and they show her, and she is white as a ghost. I mean, she she was just like, you see that expression on her face, like, oh, my God, what was I thinking? And, you know, they, uh, so they show the video, they didn't talk to her while she was flying. Well, they filmed her and they had the express and they were film- talking to her after the flight. And she goes, I'll never do that again. <laughs> you know, you have to have a lot of respect for those pilots that are doing this. I mean, yeah. the information that they gave, they're able to gather from those flights is invaluable to saving lives, but they are certainly hanging it out on the edge when they're going out and flying like that. The turbulence I've heard was just incredible in this storm the pilot described it as being on uh, the tower of terror <laughs> the elevator ride there at uh at disney is it because he said you'd hit air pockets and literally the plane would drop several hundred feet instantly and uh you know that probably is not a very you know good feeling when you're flying an airplane i'm guessing you think dennis yeah, no, you you never want that bottom to drop out. You yes. know, even at the Tower of Terror, you know it's coming, but it still scares the hell out of you. Well, when you don't know when it's coming and how frequently and how far the bottom's dropping, no thanks. Yeah, well, the the girl she she said there were several times where the top straps of her her seatbelt or harness literally you know dug into her shoulders and kept her in oh, the yeah. chair because uh, she literally would been flying. You know, and and I don't know. I'm glad I'm not her, I guess, is what I'm saying. She never said if she actually blew chunks, but I'm guessing she had to have been close. And she did look like she had. So, But I don't think that's something they wanted to report. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, it's classified. All right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, more coming up on Just Plain Radio. (laughs) 
Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Watch the sky. I like the despite with pain and music is my aeroplane. It's my aeroplane. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That is me along with Captain Dennis and Captain Tom. Uh, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. Okay, so, you know, Dennis is in Fort Myers. He survived the storm quite well, or, you know, uh, in, you know, compared to a lot of other people in the area, they, he did pretty well for sure and has power back and, and everything's good, including his aircraft. But there was a story that happened this week unrelated to the storm that, uh, we need to talk about. I don't know. Did it make you, well, first off, did the storm make you think that maybe you should have stayed in Minnesota? Uh, instead of moved down to Fort Myers for only a brief second okay. and then it passed. Right. Cause I remembered what the temperatures are like back in Minnesota and right. this too shall pass as it has it so many times here. We'll get through this. And you know, there was reasons I moved down here and it's to enjoy the weather and to be able to fly more and go scuba diving. There you go. Things You've like been that. doing all of it for sure. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, there was a story that happened in your old neck of the woods. So what happened exactly? So, I mean, this is unfortunate. We try to talk about the good parts about aviation, but, you know, there is always some risk. And unfortunately, you know, accidents do happen. But I'd like to think that a lot of these accidents could have been prevented with better aeronautical decision making. And Mm -hmm. I think that we're going to find out that that's exactly what happened uh, over the weekend back in Duluth, Minnesota. A Cessna 172 departed out of the Duluth International Airport to go back to the Minneapolis area at 11 p.m. Okay, that's not a big deal. Right. Except that the weather conditions were low IFR, 200-foot overcast. Mm. I don't know about you, but I would really seriously think twice about launching into those kinds of conditions in a single-engine airplane. Because what happens if anything happened to the plane? Are you going to be able to shoot an instrument approach to come back in? Because you're sure not going to find any place to land in 200 feet if the engine conks out. Right. I'd let you know the airline, I think they even have, you know, certain uh, higher thresholds for being able to take off and they're multiple engines and much better instrument equipped and much better trained. But I I think that they think twice about departing in 200 overcast. Is that true, Tom? Uh, He's a old United, uh, well, retired United uh, commercial pilot. What do you think, Tom? That is what is, is the true. limit? We have, that or, is true. We have a, a, a takeoff alternate. If the weather is below our landing minimums, we have to go uh, and clear uh, at normal cruise speed for one hour to have the fuel to go to an alternate airport uh, yeah. in one hour, which gives you about 400 mile range for like, my alternate could be within 400 miles of my takeoff. Just in case for that same thing Dennis was talking about, if I can't get back into the same airport I just departed from, I can go somewhere within 400 miles to the land. What are those minimums? Is there like a 200-foot uh, limit yeah, or something? Yeah, 200, pretty much the same as general aviation. Well, it all depends. Uh, you know, like for London, where it's Cat 3, Land 3, uh, it's still, you still have to go uh, one hour uh, 
you have one hour range in Pennywood airplane, you're in like on a triple seven. It's actually 440 miles if you were to be exact. Mm. And I can take off and go somewhere. But if I lose an engine, I can cover that much range in one hour. Yeah. But, but there's the a structure. Is, you could, you could lose an engine in a triple seven and still be able to go. But a Cessna 172, you really need to think twice about that. Cause if you lost an engine or had any sort of an instrumentation problem, you don't have a backup. Well, and plus, and he doesn't have a choice there. It's it's the rules that you guys have to follow as a commercial pilot, I assume, right? It's not yes. like it's not subjective like it would have been for this uh, this uh, private pilot, this general aviation pilot. Is that right, Dennis? Right. Part Part ninety one. There is no takeoff minimums, but yeah. good rule of thumb and good aeronautical decision making is don't take off in conditions less than. You know, what you can do an instrument approach back to the airport, but then even think about that. Would you want to try to do an ILS approach to minimums with an airplane that's uh, not at 100%? I, I don't think so. I think I would want much more of a buffer and especially late at night. What I think happened based on looking at the flight track on FlightAware mm-hmm. is that they, they probably took off, got spatial disorientation. And lost control of the airplane because they wound up in a turn and a dive and uh, crashed through the roof of a house about a mile south of the airport. Mm. All three perished, unfortunately. And they're very and, sad. Yeah. And I used to drive past this area every single day on my way to school. Yeah. You know, so I, I know the area well, and it it's really unfortunate to see that. Mm-hmm. So true. Well, you know, uh, and that's all you can do when you look at these kind of tragic situations is uh, they always trying to. L- you know, find out what we can learn from it. What is the lesson that you can learn and uh, try to avoid, which I guess is just stay, just don't uh, fly beyond your means or, uh, you know, make those kind of decisions that could put you uh, in jeopardy like that, right? That's that's the main uh, takeaway. Well, and that's the whole point of the aeronautical decision-making or personal minimums. You know, what do you, where do you think your skills and your airplane and, you know, just your current frame of mind, uh, where do you think that you are for willing to accept risk? And in this case, uh, given that the previously departed airliner reported that the tops were at 11,000 feet, I don't know that I would want to go fly now for an hour and a half from Duluth to Minneapolis in solid IFR at night. That to me just seems like a recipe for a disaster Mm -hmm. because if anything goes wrong or if anything goes wrong with you, you're it's real high workload, high stress. Do you really need that? You can get a hotel for another day and go when the weather's better. True. Yeah. Why push? And and you, and you have another day period. Exactly. So you got to look at it that way. It's much easier decision to decide to leave uh, the area and move down to Fort Myers than you know, that was an easy uh, decision, probably the proper one in your case, even though you had to experience a hurricane. Is that f- a fair assumption there, Dennis? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there definitely wasn't a, a super easy decision as there was lots of external factors on that, you know, as kids right. in school and college and family and things like that. But at the end of the day, at least I'm still happy with this decision. I yeah. have the jury still out now that the power's back. We'll, we'll reassess how the rest feel about it. But I think everybody's getting back to normal. Well, you know, if you would have asked the rest of the family yesterday when you didn't have power, they might have uh, questioned your sanity. But now that you got it back, give it another day or two. And, uh, and you know, and the weather will be, you know, a little bit more normal. And actually, the weather in Florida, 
uh, after the hurricane has actually been amazing. It really yeah, is but- uh, remarkable how extreme you go from from having a hurricane and the skies look so ominous and everything. And then once it passes, it's like some of the best weather we've ever had in Florida this year. It's remarkable. And it was very interesting that there was a, a very large cold front that was pushing down into the uh, panhandle area at the same time. So that, that counterclockwise rotation from the storm was sucking that cool, dry air down which was an absolute blessing for us when we had no air conditioning. That's right. At least you had something to keep the humidity down and keep the temperatures under control. Right. We'll take it, you know, especially after a storm like that. Matter of fact, uh, you'll hear about it next week. I'm going to go out and enjoy it out in the Caribbean. I'm heading out on a little trip, a short little run over to the Bahamas and down to the Keys and, uh, you know, and take advantage of this weather. And I know you're jonesing to get your aircraft out up there as well. So how do you think you'll be uh, able to pull that off before showtime next week? I have to. I got to get it yeah. out there. It's, I, need, I need to get gas back in it because I stole about 15 gallons of gas out of the wings to run the generator. So I need to get the plane top back up. I need to go out and fly. I've got some students out in uh, Airglades that would like to go up in their 172 as well. So I need to get out and fly and get people off the ground. Okay. Well, yeah, just take the uh, gas they had left over in the generator. And uh, put it back in the aircraft, right? Is that what you're going to do? No, I'm not no? going to do that because there's too much. Uh, I've been mixing between, you know, what a pump gas at the gas station and airplane, oh. whatever I had available, or if I could get to the store. I don't want to mix that. So I got gotcha. you. I'll just okay. go get clean, clean, unleaded or leaded, hundred low lead. But you got plenty there, you know? of fuel in the aircraft to get to wherever you need to go. Yeah, there's. I've got fuel. over 20 gallons on board, so I can All easily right. make a, a 10 minute hop to Page Field and. And well, I'm going to be in uh, Key West for a day. Maybe you ought to come down and meet us down there. Flat, I'll give you a reason to come down, join us at Sloppy Joe's for an hour or two. You know, that's not a horrible idea. Maybe we'll have to try to make that work. All right. Well, uh, next week you'll hear all about it as we try to uh, get back on track and distract ourselves as much as possible from Hurricane Ian. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember, there's no better high than learning to fly. Bye. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlainRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. They're just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlainRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to fly and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com.